Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 6th, 2018. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 48, and we are reading paragraphs 1 and 2. The uh, readers today are Nancy H. for the 12 Steps, Jen A. for the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Barbara E., Katie G., and Lauren N. Reference numbers for yesterday's meetings. Yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID, 11251, and yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 11253. OA's preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals whose shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Nancy H., would you please read the 12 steps of OA? Yes, good morning, Mara. Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. The steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the privilege of doing service. Thank you, Nancy H. And Jen A., will you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Yes, good morning. Thank you. My name is Jen A., recovered in Colorado, the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except for in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Jen A. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing and will give general reminders. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. And today we're resuming our study of the big book, We're in the chapter, We Agnostics, and we are on page 48. We're going to be reading the first two paragraphs, starting with The Reader May Still and ending with Assumption as a Starting Point. And would Barbara E. please get us started? Thank you so much, Maura, for your continuing service. Good morning, everyone. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. We think there are good reasons. Let us have a look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they're firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity, Everybody believes them without a murmur of doubt. Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption 
as a starting point. So much in this. I, too, am a stickler for facts and results, yet I have accepted all kinds of theories, a supposition or an idea intended to explain something through testing a hypothesis. I believe in Darwin's theory of relativity. I believe in the theory they've mentioned about electricity. I know that when I click the switch on my outlet, the electricity will go on. I don't understand it. I know it's neutrons, protons, and atoms, but I trust it. My car navigator, that it will get me there safely. My airbags, that they'll inflate if I need them. Fortunately, I never have. My car needed servicing last week. I went to my next door neighbor, David, and I said, did he know a good car mechanic? And he said he did have one. The man was trustworthy and reasonable and reliable. So I went to him and he did exactly as David said. So now I have faith if I ever have need of him again, and I'm sure I will, that he'll continue to be right by me. So now I would recommend him to anyone else who might need a car repair. Members of OA said it was possible for me too to surrender my control and access the power that was not me. And I was skeptical because I am that empirical person, but I couldn't ignore the voices I heard and the faces I saw at the meetings. They seemed to have something and they said if I would just believe, all I had to do was believe that faith would come later. And believe me, I was desperate. I was ready to do anything at this point. I was doubtful, but I was willing. And because I was willing, I did begin to gain faith. It didn't come as quickly as I would like, but I was willing to wait and do what I could And after, of course, taking the action of getting abstinent and doing the steps. Now I had hope and willingness to proceed where before I had none. I was desperate. I would do anything. And that's just what I did. I had to believe in the process. And I wish you all a lovely Friday. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. So, by giving me your first name and last initial one time, who Charles would like H. to share on these two paragraphs? That you, Charles? Harlan G. Harlan G. It's Larry. Larry K. The boys are in town today. Lauren N. Lauren. All right, let's go with that lineup. Charles H., Harlan G., Larry K., Lauren N. Charles H., get us started, sir. Good morning, Charles Morris. H. Thank you for your... Yeah, I'm here. I'd just like to give you all a little time. I'm quick on that star one, man. Charles H., a recovered, <laughs> a recovered compulsive movie. It's good Friday. Every Friday on this part of the town is good, man. Um, so I love that analogy that Bill uses about the electricity. But, I, but I'm sure today if I don't pay that bill, that light ain't coming on. And that bill is um, is every fiber of me turning over surrender to something I can't see, that I stand under, 
that I can't see, but I believe um, these 12 steps. Um, it's electrifying when, when, I, when I surrender, man. Um, you know, like at, at, at my level, whatever my level is, um, you know, I used to turn on the light switch, the lights come on. Um, you know, when, when I was in the dark and, and, and try to, I'm in the dark every day. That's why, that's why I got to live 10, 11, and 12, right? At, at, at 12.01, I turn into a pumpkin. Somebody get on my nerves. There's a 10-step I ain't do. You know, I could have did more. I could always do more. But when I do it, you know, that pain in the ass, sponsy, really saves my life because I'm like, wow, they really aggressive with it. And, you know, that just, that, that just, that, that, tur- that pays my electricity bill, man. So, um, yeah, I don't care about all that other stuff. I hear everybody chatting and talking about theology and church and this and that. It ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm out of ideas. I'm not debating. I'm not running for president. This thing works. Enough said. Out. Wow. Okay. Sorry. You caught me on board. <laughs> Thank you, Charles H. Um, Colin G., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Thank you, Maura. Uh, thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm going to go back to page 11 here for just a second here. It says here, but my friend sat before me and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. And he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and that was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. Now I'm going to go back to page 43. And it says here on the bottom of 43, except in a few rare cases, Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. Why should I believe in a power capitalized? Capitalized means God greater than myself. Because that is my only other alternative to eating myself into oblivion. There's no third choice. The the resentments, the fears, the angers, the, the jealousies, the happinesses, all these human emotions within me are going to demand, demand resolution because they cause too much pain for me to bear. And I'm either going to eat or I'm going to work the steps. Those are the only two choices. If I eat, I will get instant relief from the pain, but I will get tremendously horrific, nightmarish side effects. If I work the steps, I will not only get relief from the pain of those emotions, but I will get to live a life better than anything I could have ever imagined. This is the greatest way of life in the world. 
because of a belief in a higher power and a willingness to do the work in front of me, I, who was 700 pounds, who was eating all the time, have not compulsively overeaten in over 19 years, and I have been released from that bondage happily. And if it worked for me, it will work for you. Why should I believe in a power greater than myself? Gentle reminder. only a power greater than myself could have made that possible. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Larry Cade, it's your turn, followed by Lauren N. Thanks, Maura. Thank you, Larry Kay, recovered this morning. The uh, So we're, we're talking about beliefs, you know, and, um, you know, it's interesting to me because, what you know the question really for me is what you know coming in here when i'm when i'm still thrashing about in the quicksand um and 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 the faster i thrash around the quicker i'll go down is what what am i willing to believe am i even open to a belief in a power greater than myself what am i open to believing you know because one of the things it's clear that for the patient i'm the patient when i come in here and one thing's one thing that's clear about a patient there's something about the ritual of treatment, you know. We, we are going through a treatment, aren't we? This is a treatment for this spiritual malady. And what's clear to me about a, a treatment as the patient is the ritual of the treatment can be very, very powerful. And there are loads and loads of studies just talking about, unrelated to this program, but that just talk about the power of the treatment. And that how I go into treatment. Do you know someone that's been treated for cancer? Maybe it's you. You know, there's something about going into that treatment that the research supports the, you know, the power of the belief in the treatment is, is important. So I'm not even talking necessarily about, you know, being open to a power greater than yourself or to the word God. You know, that, that, that you may have a, you know, a childhood that, that precludes you from, from really feeling good about that, and that's okay. But can you be open to a belief in something that this, that this treatment, that you see others around you, it's worse. See, for me, I had nothing in my experience to suggest that this would work. Nothing in my personal experience, but the thing is I saw it work in you. I saw that you were in normal-sized bodies, some of you, that your, your emotional nature was not the way you described it used to be, that you could show up in relationships, that your, your whole attitude and outlook upon life had changed. Fears didn't own you anymore. See, I wanted that. And sure, I wanted to lose the weight. But I, more than anything, I wanted those other things that I saw in you. Can I be open to that belief? And can I be open to this prescription, these steps worked in sequence, imperfectly but precisely, that could change me? What a powerful, powerful lesson that I learned in that, that it did work for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Morning, it is your turn, followed by Katie G. Good morning, visionaries. This is Lauren N. Thank you all for being here on the line every morning. I'm so grateful to say that I have... been placed in this program with you all and learned that I 
have to rely on a power greater than myself to continue to live in the the wonder and joy that I've learned to love. I'm not perfect and I work real hard at remembering that you all have a way of living your life. And what I hear on this line is just a guide for how I get to live one day at a time. And I'm so grateful that I can remember every day that I am just living in recovery for this moment and for today. And I get to be kind to myself every day. And thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Katie G, it is your turn. Good morning, Maura. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Good. Sorry about that. Good morning, guys. It's Kate, ladies and gentlemen. It's Katie G from Boston Recovered Compulsive Overeater Anorexic and Bulimic. Yeah, I mean, the first thing a sponsor said to me that really opened my eyes is that why is not my business any longer? Why is a fight? Why is such a fight? Why is a three-year-old saying, you know, um, we're going to do this? Why? We're going to do this? Why? You know, why is that? It's just a fight. It is. Um, and and what I've learned over you know, time is that why is a management question? And I'm no longer in management as of step three, which I know we're not at yet. But um, the other thing I was thinking about is in school, we studied statistics, right? Facts and results. And what was so powerful was to see how all of these studies, all of these facts and results could be slightly altered according to whoever did the experiment on that day and what the results are that they wanted. So I might say that I want facts and results, and I'm just looking for facts and results. But by the time I was really done eating, the only facts and results that mattered were, number one, I, my life was a complete mess, whether I was eating or not. And of course, that I'm allergic to flour, sugar, and quantities. And when I put them in my body, it sets up an uncontrollable craving for more. But what is interesting is when I was still fighting was when I was calling people and saying, why should I do this? Why do you think that this is going to help me? Um, you know, or somebody said to me recently, well, you know, I'm just not sure that I should you know, throw myself into this program. And that's cool. Like, don't. If you're not sure, that's fine. But when I really got to the point of of desperation, like, it didn't matter. And, and my ego had to get humbled and realize, like, every fact and result is, is filtered through my mind. And where's the main problem? Oh, yeah, KDG, it's in my mind. So if I know what's best for me, then, then why am I in a way? Why am I calling someone and saying, help me, tell me what to do? You know, and so I love this idea, like everything that, that we move forward with has to have some sort of assumption. And I, you know, I come from 
like this this egotistical place of, well, show me it's going to work. Show me it's going to work. And, you know, the only thing I know today, again, is my failures, where the things that I have done are not working. And, you know, let me truly set aside everything I think I know so that I can be un, so I can be broken open to this world of unknowing that is way beyond, thank you, that is way beyond my wildest dream. So I'm going to keep showing up one day at a time with all of you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Katie G. Okay, we are on page 48. We're reading the first two paragraphs, starting with the reader may still ask, ending with assumption as a starting point. And by your first name and last initial, who would like to share? One at a time. Ruth Star H. One. Ruth H. John L. Tenzin P. John L. Anyone else? Shauna H. Donna H. Uh, Sean. Shauna. That's okay. it. Mary Beth. Mary Beth. Mary Beth, your last initial? R. Thank you. Okay, let's go with that. I've got Ruth H, Tenzin P, John L, Shauna H, Mary Beth R. Ruth H, please go ahead and get us started. Thank you, Mara. Thank you so much for your service. Um, you know, I do love this comparison to science, even though I'm a simple-minded person with not a very scientific mind. You know, as has been commented before, I'm always surprised when I hit that light switch and the, and the light bulb comes on or um, what has amazed me even more, because I'm going to show my age, this came out after, um, um, as I was growing up, it was the fax machine, you know, that I could read those instructions in that owner's manual, put that piece of paper in, and hundreds of miles away, it would come out on the other side. But now I see the similarity to that with program. If I follow those instructions in our big book, um, work those steps to the best of my ability, I get to live those promises. I get to have that psychic change that it talks about. And, um, and it's impossible for me to explain sometimes. That's how I feel about my recovery. I know it could only be God who gives me this daily reprieve and restores my sanity. Um, I shared last week that we had an unexpected death in our family, my husband's brother, and I've not felt nor seen God at work in my life any stronger. Um, you know, these past 10 days, there's been, you know, have been tragic, stressful, and so emotional at times, but the strength and the guidance he has given me just humbles me to the core. Um, you know, there were many times um, that just the most beautiful, almost perfect words came out of my mouth. And, you know, this is a mouth that never had the right words before. Um, because, you know, before it was all about me. It was only what I needed to hear or wanted to say. To now be able to allow God to speak through me has just been beautiful. And, um, and even at the darkest moment, um, the, the day I lost my temper with my husband, who is in the midst of his grief, you know, God guided me immediately to make my amends. Um, and my husband gave me that look that I get to see now, um, that look of who is this woman and what did you do with my wife? Um, you know, but please, you know, I can see in his eyes, please let me keep this new version, this Ruth 2.0. You know, this is the woman I always dreamed of. Um, 
And just as I couldn't scientifically explain that light switch or that fax machine, I might not be able to give the facts uh, um, scientifically as to the existence of God, but I know because of this program that he lives inside of me. And, um, you know, for that, I am just so, so grateful. This transformation um, is just uh, such a beautiful, wonderful way to live. And um, on that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Ruth H. Tenzin P., it's your turn, followed by John L. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P. here, um, calling from New York. So this uh, passage of the reading starts today with, so the reader may ask, still ask why he should believe. So this is after, I was thinking about that the, the passages that we were reading the past uh, day or so were about um, talking about the emotional convincers of hitting a bottom. And so now we're moving into um, another a more rational, uh, uh, an approach that is addressing our ra more rational sides. And so once again, I think about the generosity of those who wrote the big book, that it's, you know, speaking to all the different facets of our being. And um, the... Um, the, this more rational side, I have I have been challenged by it as I read the big book in the past, but um, I appreciate reading it, and I trust that you know I it's just like in other ways a matter of familiarity of just opening my mind and letting this part of the information in, and um, so yes, then it says also in this passage the 20th century except theories of all kinds if grounded in facts. So it's pointing to that there that there are all kinds of assumptions underneath the things we take for granted all the time. And it's really good to have that pointed out to me. I don't usually think about it. And again, it says it in terms of the electricity, without a murmur of a doubt, we accept things that that we see, feel, direct, and use. And we make all kinds of assumptions. So I'm just grateful. And, um, and I do trust that we all have the capacity to experience not only the emotional convincers, but this more rational level, just a matter of familiarity. And um, thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Tenzin P. John L., it is your turn, followed by Shauna H. Thank you, and good morning. I'm John L. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater out in Arizona. And anyway, this um, passage and everything really, I don't know, it, it saved my life, this business about God, this requirement that I needed a God in my life that I was so afraid of, um, I've really come to learn and love a great deal. This big book says that all I have to do is be willing, be willing to open my mind to the spirit of God uh, is what, what I did. And for the first time when I did that, it's like I immediately started seeing myself through the eyes of others. I was so 
tied up into myself. I was so self-centered and selfish, running this world and blaming everybody and pointing the finger at everybody. When I just opened my mind, there was some deep spiritual event that happened to me that no longer was I looking um, at this world from that perspective, and I could start seeing things from other people's point of view. And I think the bottom line here, I, I started to believe there is a God and I wasn't he and all this. And But, you know, this disease of overeating is going to kill me. I am going to eat myself to death if I don't do And diets wouldn't work. Nothing else is working out there. And I was headed, I was in a living hell of being overweight. I can't go upstairs. I'm out of breath. People don't want to talk to me because I'm, I'm fat and icky. And you know what? This God that I came to has given me the power to help me stay abstinent. I have to do the footwork. He doesn't do it all for me. I have to do the footwork. But you know, today, with this higher power that I have, I have purpose for my life today. And I found happiness through this God. And I'm on the road to recovery from a life of a slow death and living hell. And I, I have happiness today. I can think of others. And, and life is just so much better for me today. That's all I have. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, John L. Shauna H., it is your turn, followed by Mary Beth R. And please tell me if I correctly pronounced your name. Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Shauna H. Sean, like the Irish name, with an A at the end. Um, Sean means happy in in the um, Celtic. I always want to say Celtic because I live near Boston. The Celtic language. So Shauna, and you, you got it. It's hard to hear on these lines. I like this passage because for me, science is about wonder. You have to stop and think. You have to look up at the clouds. You have to watch for the apple falling from the tree. You have to think, why is this happening? You have to be a part of the world. You have to be living in the world in order to have wonder. For me, the big book is full of wonder. First of all, why didn't I do this years ago? I wonder that quite often. Uh, the first, One of the first people I met in college tried to show me the big book, but when I met him, all I could think about was, really hot dude in the leather jacket, and he, I thought, let's party, and he wanted to show me the big book. So I wasn't quite ready for that at that point in my life. But now I am, and now I'm filled with wonder. Every time I read the big book, I sit and I, I put myself in the shoes of all the people before us. I think about the people out there right now listening on this call, and I think, this is amazing. What are we gonna do with all of this? We're changing ourselves. We're changing the whole world and everything in it. It's amazing. So for me, when I get a call from a, from somebody, an outreach call or somebody looking for a sponsor, they always ask me, how do you start off? And, and all I can think to myself is wonder, start to, to be alive, start to feel. Plug the jug, open your heart, and join in with the rest of us. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Shauna H. And Mary Beth R., it is your turn. Thank you, Mary Beth R. Um, right, the very first why, why the reader <clears throat> may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. I could chew on that all day. I mean, that hit me. And what I'm thinking about is I believe, but I still think only to a certain point. I'm working my program, but I feel like I can do better. So I have like this doubt, and um, it's a huge thing that I have to trust. And like the first share was sharing about, you know, relying on other people or on the, the good word of the car place or whatever. I, you know, forgot every, the details. But that that applies for me. So I'm, I guess I just wanted to share just to claim my seat, say I'm still here, doing the best I can. Um, and I'm grateful that you're all there and sharing. And I'm trying to listen but I guess even like my program, I can't, I can't control. I can't write that script. I can't, you know. But I guess the fact that I'm aware of that, I had the ability to try to control and write the script and so on. Like, because I really didn't think I, I was such a victim, victim, victim. And and some of it is very much justifiable. But that too can change. So I'm grateful. I have um, the power of God on my side. If I cling to him, like it's a war, whew, battle. But I know I got on my side God, and so I'm clinging to that, which is the program, and doing the best I can, which I still think, oh, my gosh, you could be doing that better. But but I'm just going to trust. So I'm grateful. And um, why should I believe on one hand, it's like a, a an animal trapped in the corner. I feel like I have no other choice. <laughs> and on the other hand, I have proof if I pause and think about it, because I could not stop eating. I could not stop smoking. It was horrible. And for some reason, I am not now, and I am not wanting it. So thank you, God, for not giving up on me. He's always been there. And uh, and that's a blessing. So I'll, I, I'm holding on to that thought, but I can't rest. And I want to just keep on going, keep on showing up. So thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mary Beth R. Okay. We um, have brevity on our side this morning. Everyone's been quite brief. So it, we have time for um, a few more shares. So who would like to share on what was read today? Again, we're on page 48, paragraphs 1 and 2. Star 1 and let me know your first name and last initial. Monica, Monica. T. Monica T., did I hear you? Yes. And Anna K. Yes. Nancy P. Nancy T. P. 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 Sorry, I know that. <laughs> who else? Julie E.B. Okay. I'm sorry, somebody E.B. Julie? J. 
Julie E.B. Okay, let's go with that. We've got Monica T., Anna K., Nancy P., and Julie E.B. Monica, please get us started. Well, good morning, Maura. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are in the chapter. We agnostics. We without knowledge. You know, I came in here with a, lacking a lot of knowledge. And this whole chapter is dealing with this God thing, this higher power thing. I'm not too sure about this. It doesn't sound like a whole bunch of fun to Monica. But why should I believe in a power greater than myself? The practical individual is today a stickler for facts and results. So, Monica, what are your facts and results? My facts is I am powerless over this. I have come to that conclusion of step one. I am powerless over food. I am powerless over my crazy mind that tells me lies all the time. And I don't have memory of the consequences or resolutions I've made. I'm sick and tired of all of this. And the result is everything that I have tried Nothing has worked, absolutely nothing. And I spent decades trying to figure this out. And the big book is saying, okay, we have a solution, Monica. It's called God. It's called a higher power of your conception. Ew, I'm not too sure, all right? Well, how, how, I, I don't know. I can't see this thing. I don't understand this higher power. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So they're saying, okay, well, what about electricity, Monica? You know what? I can't see electricity. I don't understand how it works. But I have a faith that when I flip that switch, the light's going to come on. What about today with computers? I don't have a clue about computers. How does this thing work? But you know, that doesn't stop me. I love getting on this thing and playing every day. So, Monica, why don't you use this same type of willingness and thinking towards electricity and computers towards this God thing? We're saying it works. It's worked for us. Are you willing to try something different? How's your way working for you? And you know what? When I pause and look back over my shoulder, I cannot deny that some type of power has been working with me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. And Katie, it is your turn, followed by Nancy P. Hi there. Thank you so very much. And to the moderator and everybody on the line, I'm Anna K., a recovered compulsive overreader from the Poconos in Pennsylvania, which... I hate the fact that it wants to, little, to snow a little bit today. <laughs> anyway, um, the practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. I always thought I was practical. Facts and results. Results? I wanted results. I wanted to know that if I dieted for one day, that next day I should see stuff, my scale be different. I wanted to know if I would take diuretics and laxatives and, and go up and off and down the scale because I wanted to see results, 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 results. I wanted to act toward a certain person, and I wanted a result from that. I wanted a result, result, result. I wanted to see it my way. Guess what? That's never worked. It's never, never worked for me. And when I first came into this program mucho years ago, 
I didn't want to believe in a God because I, I, I just didn't. But now I know, for me, it's a higher power that's within myself. That's the only thing that's happening, that this, this deep, wonderful friend, my higher power, has conversations with me and helps me show that I need to be the way my higher power would want me to be. And I have to have faith in that. I have to believe. That means I have to believe in something else, not me. You know, it is not me. Never can be. Me doesn't do it good. Me has given me terrible results. So results and outcomes, I have to let go. Higher power says, it'll come at the time. If it comes, it's going to happen, whatever it is. Whatever it is will be, you know, okay, sarah, sarah. That's what it is. It has to be for me. Otherwise, if I want those results. I'm not believing in HP. I'll tell you that right now. And I love this chapter, man. It gets my juices going. So I expect that electricity to come out. But I am shocked when we lose our power. <laughs> but wait a minute. I am powerless. So when the electricity is out, there are other ways to see the light. Put a candle on. The point is I have to have faith that I'll be able to see the way because HP's there. Well, that's it. That's IPS. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Anna Kay. Nancy P., it is your turn. Followed by Julie E.B. Yes, you can, Nancy. Go ahead. Okay. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Starting my timer. So um, I'm a stickler for facts. And um, I'm, I actually have a job that I love because of that. I work for a um, stem cell biologist who has an actual lab with postdocs who look in microscopes and grow cells, and they gather data. And at one point, one of them was moaning and complaining and not wanting to do her work. And my boss said to her, show me the data. Show me. Show it to me. And I never forgot that, mostly because he's from Kansas and never loses his temper, and that was like as mean as he ever got. And, you know, the same thing goes for me. Show me the data. I wanted to see, I wanted to know what everybody else, you know, why does it work for them and not for me? How come them and not me? And the data was, once I got out of my own way and I saw all of this data that I've gathered, you know, by osmosis over the past 47 years has been that it works only if I embrace it all. So you can't, you know, I've said this before, I think the most dangerous rhetoric that OA perpetuates or any 12-step program is take what you want and leave the rest. You have to take it all. You have to do all of it. You can't, you know, um, admit that you're powerless over food and then not make amends. You can't admit that you're powerless over food and uh, not do service to others. And, you know, I, um, I work in, a, in an Ivy League university and they all want to go to medical school and they all think they're special. And um, one of them came up to me and wanted a letter and I said, tell me how special you are. Tell me why you're different. And she uh, was not able to do that. And I said, you know, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, now that you're here, you're not special anymore. So for me, you know, I'm not special. I wanted to be special all those years. I thought I was special. I thought I could, I thought I could write my fourth step without being abstinent. I thought I could you know, confess my sins without being abstinent. I thought I could do um, service for others without being abstinent. And the fact was that um, none of that was possible. I had to put the food down. I had to do the steps in order under the guidance of my sponsor. 
and I had to um, expect, you know, collate the results for my publication. And, um, and that's exactly what happened. I can't say that my faith is as strong as some of the ones who have shared before me today, but I can say that it's a good foundation and that if I work every day continuing to observe the data, I don't need to gather it anymore. I just need to observe it. Then I fully expect that I will get out of it exactly what I promised, which is a life second to none. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you all and have a great day. Thank you, Nancy P. Julie E.B., it is your turn. Yeah, hi, this is Julie E.B., uh, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater in Colorado. Grateful for everyone's service today. I was a stickler uh, for the facts, uh, but mostly my hard luck story, the facts of how hard and painful my childhood was, a stickler for a life full of blaming other people um, and circumstances for my life. And the fact that I could do things my own way and continue to stay blind to the true facts of what was not working. Half measures were availing me nothing and I could no longer blot out the consciousness, the awakeness to my intolerable situation. I needed a spiritual path. And so here's where, just a beginning, just an idea that instead of spending so much energy blotting out my intolerable situation with food and with my defects of character that caused me so much a lack of serenity, I could instead begin to make a beginning, which is all this is asking of us, to make a beginning, to be awake, stop blotting out at my awakeness, and be awake and look around and see the blessings of this universe and the ways that I get the ball rolling with my fears, with my resentments, with my harms. And so now I live a new way in steps 10, 11, and 12, turning these things over quickly, continuing to be awake to what God is doing and continuing to serve other people. What a relief. So if you're just beginning, if you're just starting, that's all this is asking, is let's make a beginning. Let's hear the light in so many people's eyes, in so many people's uh, hearts as they share here on this line and make a beginning together. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Julie E.B. We have time for one more share. Who would like that? Star one. I hear someone. I'm sorry. This is Jan S. Jan S. Please go ahead. It's yours. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who shared this morning. There are certain facts, and I'm 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 grateful that they are highlighted in our big book. And there are certain facts that I cannot dispute. I cannot dispute the power of my higher power that I choose to call God because it's that power got me here. That power showed me the way. I cannot dispute that fact. Even at times when I didn't ask, even at times when I didn't believe because I was agnostic, 
that power got me here. And the other fact is, is the fact of the truth for me is, is I will never be able to pick up a spontaneous bite of any of my alcoholic binge foods. It will never be able to happen with, with impunity. It will never happen. That is a true fact in my life. And until I can accept those two true facts in my life, I wasn't going to be able to work this program because I would think that everything depended on me and that I could do this. So I am so grateful that this disease had to beat me to a pulp in 30 years of slipping and sliding in the rooms before I could finally believe it in my heart. These are the true facts. And I'm so grateful that they give, it, they give you that whole visual of seeing that shining face sitting across the table from you and wanting that so desperately because I had no peace of mind. I had no joy, no happiness, none of it. But I had my food, and I thought that was going to be enough. And one day it just came to me. This is not the way I want to live my life, in program or out. And that that the food does not provide those things for me. Only God can. And only the working these steps can do it. One day at a time, the psychic change continues to evolve in my life. It never stops. When I keep working the program, I keep working the steps, I keep making amends when I need to, living in 10, 11, and 12, I continue to grow spiritually, and that's what this is all about. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you, Jan S. We have two minutes. Would there be a burning desire among us this morning? Make that one minute. Maura, I'll take it. Nancy T? T. Nancy, you have a minute. Okay, a minute. I just want to say how grateful I am to be on the um, on the call today, and I and I love these paragraphs because, you know, I ask myself a lot of times why I should believe in a power greater than ourselves. But then if I look at that first sentence on the next paragraph, the practical individual today is oh no, that wrong one. Sorry, um, oh, I just lost my place. I hate when that happens. But it's on the. I was thinking about the sentence that says about facts and reality. The reason I need to believe in a power greater than myself is because my facts and reality is that when I eat certain foods, um, things happen that I have no control over. If I engage in certain eating behaviors, things happen that I have no control over, and I have to have a power greater than myself. I know that today. I didn't know that early in my disease. I'm very grateful to be living in a recovered state today and to be building and growing and maturing in a relationship with a higher power that gives me what I didn't have in order to do those things. So grateful to be here. All a reminder. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Nope. Perfect timing. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes with my gentle yeah. reminder. Thank you so very much, Nancy T., for sharing this morning. And um, so that brings us to the close of our meeting. And just because I'm a geeky number person, I got to tell you guys, that at 7.51 this morning, there were 313 of us on this phone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So glad I don't have to do this by myself. Thank you to everyone who shared. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID, 11259. And we will now close with the reading on, um, excuse me, we will now close with reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Katie G., would you please take us out? Be happy, Kimura. Good morning again, everyone. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until